listeners, and welcome to season two of In This Case. In this special season, we're doing things just a little bit differently. And that's because, like all of you, we're adapting to new working arrangements. And so in this season, we'll be sitting down, virtually speaking, with members of our Hilti North America executive management team. Together, these 12 people are responsible for steering the largest region in the Hilti group. Individually, they each bring unique experiences and perspectives to their roles. Over 12 episodes, we'll get to know each of these Hilti leaders a little bit better, starting now with Dan Wade, General Manager of Hilti Canada. Dan is the newest member of the executive management team, but as you'll hear, he's definitely not new to Hilti. Today, we cover everything from the digital job site to Chicago baseball to why he decided that Hilti was the place for him to build a career. I mean, that is Hilti DNA. If, if, there's, anything, if there's anything that we truly need to get done, we do anything and everything to get it done, and, and it's never at the expense of those people around us. Okay, let's get started. Welcome to In This Case, a podcast from Hilti that goes behind the scenes at one of the most iconic brands in the world of construction. We'll talk to the people who make it all happen and ask them who, how, what if, and of course, why. Here's your host, Claire Combs. Today, we bring you our first interview with a Hilti general manager. Yeah, hi Claire. So my name is Dan Wade. I am the general manager for MO Canada. As general manager of Hilti Canada, Dan leads more than 600 team members across the country. He's responsible for Hilti's sales, marketing, engineering, and all the back office functions for the Canada Market Organization. Dan joined the executive management team in January 2020. So to kick us off, I asked him to share his own Hilti origin story. I uh, started in 2006. I was an intern, and this was long before the intern program, I think, officially existed. It's grown to be quite a program since, but I was an intern in our engineering department, came back right after university, and spent a little bit of time in our corporate campus, which was in Tulsa at the time, moved out to the East Coast. I was a field engineer and then a regional sales manager. I then came back to Tulsa, actually, for round two. This was for a segment manager role, a marketing role on our energy team. And that was a short stint because I worked on a project that actually led to the creation of what we called the project management office. And in this new world, we tackled large projects, complicated designs, logistics, hired new roles for the first time ever in, in the Hilti world, which was pretty exciting and, and very new, very fresh. Also very challenging, but led me to to really understand what my passion was and, and where I wanted to be. So that actually then got me back into the field, customer facing as a division manager in the central United States. I did that for four years and then moved the family and myself up to Canada just in the past few months. I'm going to ask you to think back, back to 2006 or 2007 for these next couple of questions. But so you mentioned you, you joined the engineering internship program. How did you find your way to Hilti and like what even made you apply or want to do that? It was a bit informal of an application. I had heard of Hilti only because if, if you 
live in Tulsa, you somehow know somebody at Hilti. Everybody knows what the company is and somebody knows somebody there. So through my mother, actually, she had met someone at Hilti. It was Frank McMahon, who was our head of engineering at the time. And I got his email and I, I simply sent him an email and he turned me down. He said, not yet. You haven't taken the right courses. I was a sophomore going into junior year. He said, how about you wait till next summer? And I emailed him once a month for, I think, nine months and really kind of pestered him. And then he finally said, yes, that was my how I found Hilti's story. That's a pretty great one. So I would say that your experience is pretty awesome, right? Having stayed at Hilti, it sounds like for basically your entire career, but maybe not totally unusual at Hilti because lots of times hear these really cool career development stories of developing internal talent and stuff like that. But I'm not sure that that's always kind of the case outside of Hilti. So my question to you is when you started that internship, right, after you were super tenacious and tracked down Frank and all of that, was your vision at that point, Dan, in 2006 or 2007, were you thinking like, okay, this is the place I'm totally going to build my career? Or were you imagining it as sort of a first step on that career ladder? What was your mindset at that time? I had no clue what I wanted. <laughs> Coming out of school, I, I, I don't think anyone knows 100%. If you do, good for you. That's fantastic. I didn't know what I wanted. I knew Hilti could be a good place to have a career. And for me, I think what was really impactful and, and what I quickly learned after the internship and getting into the role was the development opportunities were fantastic. The people that you would be surrounded with, no matter what, would be fantastic. These are the things that I quickly learned that I, I needed and I wanted. So having great people around me, having supportive people around me, when you're right out of school, it's 2007, you don't really know even how to act in a business setting, let alone what you should be doing long term or what your hopes or your vision might be. So I took it a roll at a time. It led to five different relocations. I've gotten to see really a big part of the world, not only the Hilti world, but the travel that's come along with it has really just been eye-opening and really supported me personally and professionally throughout. So yeah, it's hard to say, but I, I think you quickly realize if you join Hilti, you can tell just after a short period of time if it's if it's for you or not. I, it's definitely for me. Mm. So if you could give a piece of advice to yourself back then, what would it be? I would have told myself to be more curious. I think it's some parts of, of various roles, some complacency can kick in. And what's great about Hilti is is we're always changing things. So you kind of get, if, if you are a bit complacent or a bit stuck in the in your ways, something comes along and changes it and you have to pick it up and learn again. But earlier on, I think if I would have been more proactively curious, that would have been the advice I gave to myself. If you were talking to somebody who is early in their career, maybe not even inside of Hilti, what advice would you give them about what to look for in their next step and how to decide what the right move could be or what company they should be investing their time with? It's a really good question. I think first you need to establish what culture looks like at any company. And so often, I, I think very rarely, I actually receive some questions on what's the culture like. Most people actually find their way to Hilti because they heard from someone about culture. They read it. They did some research, right? But you have to figure out what the culture of the company is all about, which means you have to ask questions. You also have to know what culture you want 
and actually more importantly, what culture you don't want. Some places might have great culture, but they might be a bit too formal for you, or they might be a bit too casual. And starting out knowing what at least kind of bare bones, knowing what you don't want is really, really important. And then once you get it and you find it, you need to play a role in it. I tell my team, I said, especially with the amount of growth we've seen, this protect and defend of the culture is extremely, extremely important. We have five generations working at Hilti, all who joined Hilti for a different reason at a different time. And the culture, though, has actually stayed really, really strong and tied to kind of the roots of Hilti. Okay, so I'm going to shift gears a little bit here because, you know, I want to address the fact that you and I are speaking right now in kind of a crazy time, right? Because we're all dealing with the ongoing COVID-19 outbreak around the world, but from our perspective, specifically in the U.S. and Canada. So from your role on the executive management team, I'd like you to just share a little bit about how Hilti's responding to that situation. And you can maybe take it from the team side and also just from the customer side. We've done really two things. First and foremost, we've made it clear to all of our people that they are number one. They are the priority, making sure that that we have changes to what we do every day. Yes, not only working from home, but also in terms of where we invest and how much we spend. All of these things have already been enacted and, and relatively quickly in response to the situation, but making sure that everybody feels comfortable working from home and comfortable in the long term, that they know that Hilti's got their back. Literally, Mr. Hilti himself has their best interest in mind. And that was the first thing that was really enacted. Second, we, of course, took our entire business model, which is going direct to customers every single day. And we've had to engage with them in a more virtual digital manner. So we've changed how we work every single day across every single role in the organization to make sure that we're still supporting our customers. But we've made sure that the communication is thorough, consistent. We make sure that we're working with our customers as interactively as possible, making sure that they have what they need, whether it be anchors for tent projects popping up in hospital parking lots to additional software design needs and even some of the services we offer like training and health and safety support. These are still things happening today, albeit just in a more virtual manner. Well, looking forward to when we all come out of the other side of this, I'm going to take us back to a topic that we tried to kind of kick off in January, which is this idea of going all in on customer engagement. So at Hilti, we're really familiar with the term customer engagement. It's almost at this point kind of just a part of our, the way we speak, it's kind of a part of our DNA, at least over the last, I don't know, five or six or seven years. So if you were explaining the concept of customer engagement to someone maybe outside the company or someone who just wasn't familiar with how we use that term, how would you just in, in your own words kind of break that down? Great question, Claire. So driving customer engagement for us is holistically our entire strategy. When we say we want to go all in with customer engagement, we want to partner with the players in the market that have a significant hold on the market have a large portion of the share. These are the players that you you know, right? You see their names on billboards. You see their signs outside of projects. They're the ones reshaping communities and building skylines. It's incredible to see. And 
those are our partners. Those are the people that we've said, we're going to literally throw everything we've got into your projects to support you. And in turn, we partner together and, and grow these relationships and these partnerships. And that's where, frankly, it benefits us from knowing our customer base. It's not an ever-evolving challenge where you walk onto a job site with a red shirt, you have somebody there that you know, and they're expecting you to be there. And when you do it, not only with a direct sales force, but you also then add on or supplement various support functions, people who are specialists and experts in areas that maybe our customer isn't. That is when we say, hey, we're, we are all in with you. And that's why our strategy is we go all in with customer engagement. So I think for some people that may not be fully familiar with everything that Hilti has to offer, may think of Hilti as a tool company or as somebody that makes really great drills or direct fastening tools or whatever. But especially in the last decade or so, that portfolio has really expanded. You mentioned software, you mentioned services, such a huge breadth that's available to people that are doing business with Hilti. How does it feel from your perspective to work for a brand that dedicates so many resources to kind of pushing that envelope. And we use the word innovation a lot, but really providing innovative solutions sort of at every stage of the process. How does that feel? And maybe you could just share some thoughts about that. Frankly, it's, it's amazing. The idea that every single year and even multiple times a year, we know that we're going to have something never before seen, something that is, is yes, innovative, but it's more productive. It's more safe. It's it's it has more digital components. It talks to the cloud and talks back to us and tells us how things are are, are working and moving. Uh, it's it's amazing. We wow our customers, and I think in the process we of course wow ourselves. And hopefully we don't take it for granted because it's it's amazing to produce the product services and software with such a, a cadence that we have. Yeah, I, I say it's amazing just. Just because of that, that breadth that you mentioned that that has grown over the past decade has really been phenomenal. It's something to consider because we don't ever have to apologize. We don't make products that don't work. We actually don't make products without talking to our customers first. There's a very long cycle of customer acceptance tests and going back and forth between our global colleagues and our local colleagues and our customers to say, hey, what what if we made a, a certain tool or an anchoring product or uh, you know a fastener, something that, that would help make their lives better? And they tell us, which is exciting. We're usually able to answer. And in that fact, it puts us in a really strong market position. So. The innovation is is really phenomenal, and it's exciting to see the last 10 years. I actually think the next 10 years are even going to be more of a wow effect. That's a great lead into my next question, because what I want to know is, what do you think Hilti has to do to make sure we continue on this trajectory for the long haul for like the next 10 years and beyond? What's the thing we need to really get right? I'm sure there's so many things, but what pops into my head first and foremost is there are two really big challenges. One is finding skilled labor. And, and two is, is how do you then go faster? Figuring out ways to do more with less. And that, that is heavily reliant on our ability to be in the digital space. Having 3D models built prior to working with our, our customers across all of the trades to ensure that what goes into a screen and then not on paper anymore, but what goes into a screen allows us to save 
days, weeks, months of time because it's built right the first time. And we're getting into that. I think we've spent the last four or five years really getting into the BIM topic as well as how do we just digitally engage with our customers. But if we're going to do it, especially over the next 10 years, it's all about a productivity gain and innovation helps, digital means and software help. But that's, I think, where we're going to spend a majority of our time and, and likely a majority of our money to make sure that we get that part right. What keeps you up at night? What are those things, those problems that you think about? Or maybe it's something within Hilti or maybe it's something totally outside of our control. I think always we have so many things to go after. We've always done a good job of balancing the spinning plates. And although some have probably fallen and crashed down to the floor, thinking long-term is if we are traditionally seen as a product supplier and we're launching new innovation in the software world, how do we as a team adapt? How do we get the next 10 years right? If that's where we have strong innovation, but we can't adapt locally. I mean, selling software is way different than selling a product. Selling services is something that we've been doing for decades, but as our customers tell us they want new services and different services, and, and they say, hey, I just want you to basically run all of my tools and I want you to track them for me. Are we set up to do that? And in so many instances we are, but when you add more spinning plates, things get more complicated. So as long as we're able to prioritize, I know part of our strategy is to not only be everything to those that we choose, but also commit to certain areas where we will lead and that also means committing to areas that we won't. So if we do that right, and I'm not so concerned about it, but it, it does keep me thinking, the ability to prioritize, the ability to, to say no to certain things and, and commit to those things, as well as adapting in this new world of different selling and different support is something that's on my mind quite often. Okay. I've got kind of a left field question for you now. If I asked you to go on record and name your favorite Hilti product, what would it be and why? That's a good one. It changes. <laughs> it changes a lot. Favorite product, I would say is the BX3. So battery operated nailer, essentially, fastening to concrete and steel. We keep adding fasteners to the portfolio and the entire elimination of no gas, no powder. Powder actuated fasteners were revolutionary and we've actually, we've innovated and revolutionized what was already a revolutionary thing. So that to me, especially thinking through the history of where Hilti began is quite amazing. And what we see happening with, with battery technology at Hilti especially, uh, wow, I mean, some of the new products coming out on this technology or technology that people haven't seen is talk about game changers. So that fundamental move away from what was always powder actuated fasteners now to battery. It's probably why I say it's, it's my favorite, but our R and D team will, uh, will probably shock me in the next year and make me change my favorite. We'll wait and see. Up next, something we like to call our rapid fire round. The first question up is, what is your favorite city in the world? You mentioned you got to travel a lot over your time at Hilti. So what's your favorite city in the world and why? 
Oh, I'll have to give you my favorite U.S. city and my favorite global city. Go for it. If that's okay. <laughs> favorite U.S. city, Chicago, hands down. You have the the nice people of the Midwest combined with the big city. And when you're in Chicago during the summertime, there's no place, no place better. Yeah, of course, with the Cubs too. That's that's always a plus. So <laughs> Wrigley Field is is my one of my favorite places on the planet. So Chicago for me is my favorite U.S. city. My favorite global city would actually be Cape Town, South Africa. We had some really great friends there years ago prior to having kids when you can actually spend the time on a very, very long flight. We went to visit friends for the holidays and I never found a place that was just so culturally different across so many levels, spectacularly, I mean, breathtaking. You literally have the wine country next to mountains next to the beach and it's all 20 minutes from each other. So I was pretty blown away by that. What character trait do you admire most in other people? I think for me, it's, I don't know of the exact trait, it, we'll call it honesty, but it's, it's more the, it's more the ability to, to have a straight conversation with somebody, but in the right way. Mm. And, and what I mean by that is people who can adapt to their situation, the person they're talking to, knowing how they like to receive feedback or how they need to learn information, whether it's you know constructive or, or not. But some people are just phenomenal when it comes to that. They ask like two or three questions instead of giving that direct like blunt feedback, they ask two or three questions and then the question is so good and so thoughtful that you actually come to the answer yourself. <laughs> So the people who could do that in an honest way, that's always impressive to me. Hard to come by. Great answer. What's the best piece of advice somebody else has ever given you? I was early on in my career and I had a lot of development opportunities. So some people would kind of pull on me and say, hey, you could go here or you could go there. And if I was talking to somebody who had spent decades in the technical side of Hilti, they would say, hey, come to the engineering technical side, right? Come over to come over to my side. And others would say, oh, no, I think we're a sales organization. You need to get your feet wet and, and get into sales. I got really good advice. Sit on the fence. And I've actually shared that and passed it forward now with uh, dozens and dozens of people because you don't have to decide here, especially not anymore with the amount of opportunities that we have. There really is no other side. It, it's truly now it's it's a team and it's a whether you're in a support function and you specialize in asset tracking and management or you're in a sales function leading a team. I mean, if you do well in a, in a role and you perform and you stay curious and you develop yourself, you work together as a team, doors open. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. If you could pick a superpower, what would it be? I lean towards flying. That's like the first word that comes to my mouth, only because it's one of those things that you just can't do. <laughs> Invisibility would be kind of unique and interesting. Not like I'm I'm not introverted at all, but and I definitely don't want to just disappear, but I think the ability to do so might actually be interesting. So it's maybe a tie with flying gets the, uh, gets the kicker, I guess. So last question, actually. What profession other than your own would you most like to attempt and why? That's actually what profession is, a, I think, a tougher question than superpower. I grew up not knowing what I wanted to do. 
I always loved kind of tinkering and messing with things. And at one point, my my parents said, "You don't know what you want to be, so go be an engineer." And by the way, I don't I don't engineer anything anymore, and haven't in so many years, which is awesome that Hilti gave me that opportunity. But I think doing something in the medical field would have been really, really interesting to me. I don't know if I could like operate. I don't know if I have like the surgical way, but yeah, doing something that did research and tests and cured something I think would have been pretty incredible. A lot of people who can do that. There's not a lot of opportunities for you to to solve something that big. And so many people try and it's it's really just remarkable work. So yeah, something medical, but the school, I think I, I would have had to go to school for several more years. I think that's, that's also what stopped me. So if I got to pick, yeah, I'd say, I'd say something in the, in the medical profession. That's a wrap for today. I just want to close with a really big thank you to Dan Wade for making time to sit down with us for this episode. And also a thanks to you for listening. The more of these episodes we do, the more feedback we get. We love it. If you have a question, send it to us at HiltyDirect at Hilti.com. We always love to hear from you guys. Stay well, and we'll be back in your feed soon. In This Case is a production of Hilti North America. To give us feedback, ask a question, or share an idea for a future podcast, email HiltyDirect at Hilti.com. <laughs>